The most beautiful place I have ever been is Angel's Landing in Zion National Park in southern Utah. If you've been there, you know how beautiful it is. You have to go out to this, on this, go up this valley, and you look, you go out this precipice, and you sit out there, and it's kind of this high point. And laid before you is this just picturesque, beautiful valley in southern Utah with all the browns and the red colors. It's just a stunning, stunning place. But in order to get to Angel's Landing, you have to hike up this pretty steep incline. It's like 25 switchbacks or something like that. And then when you get there, to get to the rocky outcrop where the real Angel's Landing is, you have to go across basically this rock bridge. And at a certain point on this rock bridge, there is a drop-off. It's only, the path is only about three feet wide. And on one side, it's like 800 feet down. And on the other side, it's like 1,500 feet down. So in order to get to this place, to behold the beauty of God's creation, you have to go through this very treacherous place. In order to get back, you have to go through the same place. Now, I was there when I was young and fit and thin, so it was easy for me to get out there and to go out there. I had a lot of fun. It was beautiful. I don't know if I'd be so bold and courageous now. But this is a beautiful image for what many of you, as you start your college career, as you look to the end or maybe your next step in life or wherever you are, frankly, in life, that in order to get to those beautiful places in life, we have to take risks. We have to go on a place that is going to, in one way, make us isolated and alone. But to know in that moment that the good, the better, is on the other side. If we but go with trust and confidence, not only in ourselves, but in the people who are around us and who are with us. We are standing at the beginning of a school year. For maybe, for some of you, this is the first time you've had any real independence. We are all, in a way, standing on the precipice of something. And what is in store, we don't know. We can't necessarily see or know what is on that other side. But to all of us in this moment, as we embark together, Jesus says to us, strive to enter through the narrow gate. The Lord is calling us to something great. Just as in your academic pursuits or in your social life, in order to get to that great place, you have to, as the letter to the Hebrew tells us, endure some sort of discipline. When I went to college, I hadn't really had to study in high school, and I, I got a 10% on my first test in college because I didn't study. And I realized if I was going to do well in school and college, I actually had to study. I had to develop that new discipline. The Lord is calling each of us today to new discipline to new ways of life, to new things, whatever those may be. And for most of us, I hope all of us, we're excited about that possibility. One of the areas in our life where the greatest fear sets in, where we are least willing to take that risk, to strive to the narrow gate, is to follow Jesus. Pope Benedict, in his first homily as Pope, had this to say, are we not perhaps all afraid in some way if we let Christ enter fully into our lives, if we open ourselves totally to him? Are we not afraid that he might take something away from us? Are we not perhaps afraid to give up something significant, something unique, something that makes life so beautiful? Do we not then risk ending up diminished and deprived 
of our freedom. Let's be honest. To follow Jesus, to give him your heart, especially in an environment like this, on a college campus, which requires so much of you, is a lot to ask. It should be frightening. If you're anything like me, you're just not even going to make the effort. When I went into college, I just said, I'm going to try and live two lives. I'll go to Mass on Sunday, but the rest of the week, that's my time. Didn't work out very well for me. We have this desire in our hearts. We have this ache, this yearning to know and to be known. But we are afraid that by stepping into, by stepping onto that narrow path, that leads to Jesus, that somehow we'll lose something of what makes me, me. To step onto a college campus, especially a college campus where the Kinsey Institute is located, and to say I'm going to strive after chastity is to almost commit social suicide. To say that sobriety is something that's important to me. To say that I'm going to love my enemies and serve the poor and cast myself out into like a political and social no-man's land because I love the Lord. We risk a lot by following Jesus. And it's okay to be afraid. But Pope Benedict continued in that homily. John Paul II said no. If we let Christ into our lives, we lose nothing, nothing, Absolutely nothing of what makes life free, beautiful, and great. No, only in this friendship are the doors of life open wide. Only in this friendship is the great potential of human existence truly revealed. Only in this friendship do we experience beauty and liberation. And so today, with great strength and great conviction on the basis of long personal experience, that's him, not me, of life, I say to you, dear young people, do not be afraid of Christ. He takes nothing away and he gives you everything. When we give ourselves to him, we receive a hundredfold in return. Yes, open, open wide the doors to Christ and you will find true life. We stand not on a bridge that will lead us to a beautiful valley, we stand at the gate that will lead us to a life here and now that has ultimate meaning, joy, and purpose, that is beautiful, that is good, that is enriching. But we must make that choice for Christ. And as I stare out here amongst you and I look upon you, I wonder and I'm in, I'm in wonder and awe at how beautiful and wonderful you are. How necessary and essential you are, not only to this body, but to the body of Christ and in your families and in your relationships. God has called you and chosen you. He has anointed you for this moment, for this time. Do not be afraid. And it's so wonderful in the church that we are brought together from so many different human experiences. And we bring to the church not our beauty, but we also bring our ugliness, our struggles, our sins, our difficulties. And the Lord receives them all and redeems them. 
And his love is so great for us that then he sends us forth, as Isaiah said, to be a light and a beacon to the nations. You are the anointed and beloved child of God. God has chosen you. He loves you. There is nothing you can do that will diminish his love and his desire for you. But he loves you so much, he never coerces or forces. He invites. And now is the time to say yes. It's never easy, though. When I first came to St. Paul six years ago, one of our students on our leadership team, she was also leading a Bible study at the time. She was a sophomore. She was involved in like every aspect of our ministry. She was also very involved in her sorority. And from outside appearances, you would have thought this young woman had everything going on, that she had life figured out. But over the course of that year, her heart became more and more divided. Because she was seeking after something. She had this great ache, this great yearning in her life to be known, to be loved, to be cherished, to be uniquely herself. And she was seeking it in different places. She was seeking it here at church, which is wonderful. She was seeking it in her relationship, which was wonderful. But she was also seeking it through sinful things as well. But she didn't realize how torn her heart was becoming. It wasn't until a friend said to her, you know what, I think you need to quit drinking. And I'm willing to lose my friendship with you in order to help you understand that. This young woman said the only reasonable response to such a request, please leave. She didn't want to be challenged. She didn't want to enter through the narrow gate. She wanted to define her own terms. But over the course of the next week, she she began to realize something. That the ache in her heart would never be fulfilled by anything or anyone other than Christ Jesus. And so she made a choice to live for Christ intentionally. And initially, like any discipline, there was pain, there was suffering, there was difficulty. Friendships changed, some ended. But all of a sudden, she began to develop deeper friendships. And all of a sudden, in areas of her life where before she was walking alongside people in sin, she was helping to love people and to talk with them about meaning and purpose and finding greater things and value in their life. And her life continued to change. And she continued and started to pour herself into others. And because of her investment in another Because of her investment in one other person, when that young woman found herself in an unexpected pregnancy, that woman chose life. And a child of God is here. Because one woman was willing to say, yes, Lord, I will follow you. And then that led her to another. That's the simplicity and the beauty of what is being laid before you. It's not magic. It's not rocket science. The Lord is calling you. St. John Paul II, before World Youth Day in 2000, he said to the young people gathered there, it is Jesus, in fact, that you seek when you dream of happiness. Jesus is waiting for you when nothing else, makes, when nothing else you find satisfies you. He is the beauty to which you are so attracted. It is he who provokes you with that thirst for fullness 
that will not let you settle for compromise. It is he who urges you to shed the masks of a false life. It is he who reads in your hearts your most genuine choices, the choices that others try to stifle. It is Jesus who who stirs in you the desire to do something great with your lives. The will to follow an ideal, the refusal to allow yourselves to be grounded down by mediocrity, the courage to commit yourselves humbly and patiently to improving yourselves and the world, making the world more human and more fraternal. As we set out on this year, each of us, myself included, is being invited personally intimately in the depths of our heart by the Lord tonight to follow him, to make that choice for him. And I exhort you, I invite you to say yes, to take that next step. Whether that be to make sure you're coming to daily or to pray every day, to go to mass every Sunday, to come to confession regularly, to join a Bible study, to go on a retreat, Take that next step. Because however many years ago that was, 13, 14 years ago, when I crossed that rocky bridge to that rocky outcrop in southern Utah to get to the place they call Angel's Landing, there was something beautiful and wonderful there. On the other side of tonight, the rest of this year, the rest of your life, when we set out to follow Christ, The other side of that is where heaven and earth meet. It's not a figurative angel's landing. It is God coming into our life and us experiencing the joy that the angels know to have the face of God shine upon us, to be free, to be faithful, to be totally another's, and to be able to share that with other people. Yes, it's a challenge. Yes, it's difficult. But do not be afraid of Christ. He is the only one living in his word, in his church, and in his sacraments that can bring you fulfillment here and now and in the life to come.